Mic check, one, two. Tom, use your word. Hey, you. That's original freak. I think it was cool. We you know, got to spend a lot of time out uh, in Vegas uh, a couple weeks back and um, got to learn a lot about you and you shared you know, a couple stories. But one of the things that you had told me was talking about really the best compliment you ever got as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind sharing that with everybody? Because no, I think no. it parlays into a lot what you guys were talking about and kind of providing context behind you know why it would apply right now. Yeah, and it's everything what Scott, what we're talking about. So for me, it was uh, I had a teammate. Um, I was a team leader at the time, so he had to do what I told him to do in the context <laughs> of the military. So there wasn't an option of not doing it. Um, but you know, uh, and for me, it was the pinnacle of my professional career. You know, uh, defo team leader. <laughs> Um, last deployment, you know, I mean, unbeknownst to me, that was my last deployment, but, um, you know, all of that piece going on and, uh, you know, we're sitting in after a bunch of missions, just hanging out, you know, and, um, and, uh, this buddy of mine, you know, he was, uh, he's like, you know what, man, he's like, uh, uh, he's like, Hey man, you freaking drive me crazy, drive me crazy. He's like, you never give me all the information. <laughs> Or us, he said. You never give us all the information. You make us carry too much shit. And I would follow you anywhere. Like, like that was my, like, that was every, especially coming from this particular individual that does not give out compliments, <laughs> maybe ever, um, that I had seen. And um, for just me and him, maybe a couple of teammates were in there. I don't, I don't really remember because I was just like so blown away from what he just said. But for me, it was like, uh, okay, you know what I mean. So that that right there was like, okay, I didn't really. I was just operating on my principles as a leader, you know what I mean, and doing what I thought was right and just getting after it, getting after it, hoping that that was the case, uh, but not relying on, um, you know, people to you know, Tom, you're a great leader, like all that appreciative crap, you know? And, um, but to get that compliment, I mean, that was for me, everything. It was like, and if you could, like, what was, what are some of the things that like he's referencing as far as like the shit you make us do? Cause that (laughs) at the time was kind of like a rarity, right? (laughs) Team to team. Yeah. So the, I was really big on, um, I was ate up with my job description, you know, and then extra, you know, especially, you know, I mean, especially, you know, so I was using all the screwed up qualities about me, not screwed up qualities, but having TBI, you know, having PTS going on, you know, I was converting all that hate and anger that I had into productivity, which was finding targets. So I was heavily on the Intel side and, and then on the interrogation side, like all this different stuff. Right. So I was, you know, pretty, and pretty good strategy guy. And, uh, so I would have all this information that I pieced together to give us missions. And then, you know, it could have been days, could have been weeks. I was putting all this stuff together and I had it all in my head and I knew what needed to get done. And I knew the information that they needed. And most of the stuff that we did was time sensitive. So I would give them just enough information that I knew that they needed to get it done. And it'd be like, so on that aspect, like, hey, you don't give us all the information. Mm-hmm. So I would just give them enough to get it done. But they trusted me. But it didn't stop them from driving them crazy, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that was the aspect on that. And then make them carry too much shit. It was true. Right? <laughs> so both, every statement that he said was true. So too much stuff is like, uh, you know, we'd be doing, you know, uh, you know, maybe a four-mile walk, you know, into, into hitting a target. Um, 
and um hey it's a four mile walk you know we're wearing 60 to 70 pounds of kit and um and there'd be an option say of like hey we can either bring one ladder or we can bring two you know and they would always pitch you know the it's like hey man you know i think we just need because that sucks walk four miles with all of your bullshit on in a combat zone where hey you could get at a firefight like along the way uh, and you got this freaking ladder over your shoulder it's called a little giant for a reason yeah not fun (laughs) right and uh and my answer would be two you know and uh I mean, it was always in my why behind that. Not that it mattered for them because they had their why of why one was good, right? But as a leader, back to that first when I was a corporal, is like, yeah, man, you know, because some of them lived across the street from me. It's like, yeah, bro, there's no way that I'm going to look in the in the eyes of your wife and your children uh, after you've died, and 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 be able to explain to them that it was like yeah we didn't bring that other ladder you know now that never happened you know what i'm saying but that was again back to the why is like no nah, man it's not going to now if it would have been a detriment to the mission or a sure. detriment to like hey carry way too much stuff because i knew their physical abilities i knew it just sucked man you know what i mean and um but just you know stuff like that on that aspect. Those were the those were the two things as far as expounding on the information of the two statements you make. You never give us all the information, and you make us carry too much shit. You know. <laughs> and I'll still and do I would follow, yeah, follow you anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. So, so that, was, that was that was awesome to hear. Yeah, man. And then as it as as it parlays into to the family life, you know, I mean the, so what's the defined success, right? What's the standard, you know, Hey, my, my kids don't want me to leave. You know what I mean? My wife doesn't want me to leave, to go on a trip and stuff like that. They want me to be home. They want me to be in their lives and stuff. You know what I mean? Again, that's cause it's super important that like as a leader, I've got to be meeting my own standards and then I have to ask myself, okay, what are those standards? You know, is it 50% of the people, you know what I mean, would follow me, whatever that is, you know, but it's always everything that we talk about, whether it's spirituality or leadership or anything. It's like, yeah, first I have to be able to explain to you what that means to me. Otherwise I'm just bitching like this guy sucks. Okay. Why does he suck? Well, it's true. He's not doing all these things. Well, what would you do? Well, (laughs) you you know what I'm saying? That's just the easy out like kind of thing. But so Well, I mean, that was always a beautiful thing for me as a leader. If I was being questioned and in the rare occasion, I didn't have a why, which I can't think of one yet. Like my first response was, what do you think we should do? Mm -hmm. And luckily, you know, we were fortunate to work around a lot of amazing, amazing people. They usually usually were never short of suggestions. Yeah. Right. And so if they had one and it was better, cool. Went with it. And, oh, now this is an actual but. But if they said, yeah, I don't know, then it's like, shut the fuck up and do what I said. Yeah. If you ain't got nothing better, man, this is what we're doing. And that actually applies anywhere. Yeah. It's like if if you don't bring a better idea to the table, if you haven't come up with a more novel way to do it, then complaints are just that. They're hollow. Don't expect to be heard. Um, and, And everything for me that you just talked about, comes back and, and 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 how do you bring it back to the individual and back to everything's relative in life and so leadership is relative 
And so one of the common mistakes I've seen is what you didn't make, which was read the book, talk to someone, and then I watch people do exactly what they're told. And in a lot of cases, they're taking, let's say, a framework or a mindset from a leader from times past, whether it's from Eisenhower to um, some famous general to Steve Jobs, to they pick Mm -hmm. these people and then assume that that style that that person told them will work is just naturally going to flow in their company, mm-hmm. right, or on their team. And at the end of the day, what it, what I've seen it create in a lot of leaders out there is um, a dependency. Yeah. And they become dependent upon the next book. And what's even more rampant now is dependent upon the next life coach, dependent mm-hmm. upon the next board member, dependent upon all these other people. Uh, and dependent on one acceptance from them and or, hey, if, if they said this person did it this way, then it'll work here. And I'm going to take it all the way back to, hey, get all the data you can. And at the end of the day, be who you are for what's required at your level of leadership, for your organization, for your market, for the culture and your environment. All of that comes into play, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to lead effectively at home, at work, okay. wherever you are. And it really starts with what Tom talked about, which is, hey, what's your definition of a leader? What's your definition of a good father, a good mother? Yeah. What's your definition of a good friend? Um, ask yourself the hard question, like, if I left, who would follow me and answer the fucking question? Mm-hmm. If it's no one, ask yourself, do you like that? Mm-hmm. You know, and if not, what do you need to change? If it's 10 people, maybe ask yourself what the hell you're still doing there. Mm-hmm. Unless you got a great leader you're following. But it's really leadership is an individual thing. Um, and understanding personal definitions around the beliefs you have will always enable you to explain the why. Um, and I know for me, as long as I'm able to explain the why around a decision I made, and it can never be because, well, I had a talk with Nate and he gave me this advice or I read a book and it yeah. said we should do this. Yeah, because your point on it being a dependency model, you know, I mean, what that means is if I follow it directly and it works, then I give them the credit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if, and if it doesn't work, then I can blame them. Sure. You know, so it, again, it, it's back to that dependency, almost a victim model, you know, of instead of taking the information and, and owning it and moving out. One of the, the things I definitely wanted to slip into this podcast was um, my perception now, um, obviously being much different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even five years ago. Yet through ex- my experience, and I know I can speak for you on this, our experience as leaders, one of the key um, ingredients is emotional vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen this as being the key missing ingredient in the majority of the leaders, the absolute majority of the leaders I've had in my life across the board to date. Um, and the reason is, is to Tom's point to care. Um, he, he said he wanted to make sure that his leader knew his, his, you know, his family's name, what's going on in his life, what motivates him, what drives him, what's important to him, so on and so forth. Um, and the other word I would use is humanization, mm. right? Humanize, yep. humanize yourself as a leader. Um, if, if you can humanize yourself as a leader, 
you bring this point of connection to those you lead. And Tom, you hit on this. People put humans on pedestals um, with absolute disregard for the fact that it's a human they're talking about who's flawed, who's scared, who has problems at home, who has a childhood that they've never told anybody about that has all these things. And one of the things I remind people of whenever um, I'm out there is telling my own story and it's the same thing that you do is you've always told your story yeah and we never did it with the intent of gaining anything it was because it was important it was important because we knew other people have walked through the same paths Mm -hmm. and in doing and sharing a story right it's like we could be described as a lot of different things yeah ex-vets have ptsd tbi um we're alcoholics i've been divorced um you know all these things that could be used as labels once i share people will share with people my story around alcoholism my story around ptsd my story around divorce my story around messing up as a dad and and getting it right you know all these things and it's interesting that the majority of people in positions of authority um, believe that emotional vulnerability and transparency at the personal level is a weakness. Yeah. The belief true. is that it's a weakness because there's a belief that it is a zero sum game. And that if I show you, if you show weakness in one place, you can't show strength in another. So quite simply, um, scenario, if you, and you work for me, Tom, and come in this morning and you let me know you got some stuff going on at home you got a sick kid like a really big deal's happening i agree I'm like dude you need some time off you're taking a four day this weekend off the yeah. books this that and the other right and you're like holy shit man scott cares this that and the other yeah. right we get it all taken care of and then that afternoon we have a big presentation that i know you've supposed to been prepping for for a month and you blow it out of the water like, I'm going to walk you outside after that and sit down and give you a pretty good ass to you and so to speak oh, yeah. around what just happened. And I use that scenario because what people, most leaders fear is that if, because I was nice to you this morning, it means that I can't rep- that I can't bring consequence to you professionally over here. Right. And that's what we have done for years. Have yeah. friends work for us, work for friends. Our entire yeah. career said here, oh, working for friends is hard is a bullshit statement. Yeah, absolutely. it's hard if you don't set up expectations, boundaries, understand what you're doing as a leader, what needs to be done and how things will move forward based on expectations, commitments and fucking integrity. Yeah. Right. Period. Um, because God knows I work twice as hard for my friends and I expected my friends to I leverage the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And they also knew that they were going to be taken care of. And I also knew that I was going to be taken care of, mm-hmm. right, to your piece. So that's, you know, hugely important. Professionalism. You know, what we call professionalism, sure. I mean, and that, hey, you know, I mean, I can separate, you know, I mean, being a friend uh, and then still holding you accountable for good and bad. You know, we had a consequence. We, the consequence, yeah, yeah, not accountable. And that's, that was, that was the big thing because what ends up happening even in the context of the military is this good old boy a good old gal shit you know what i mean yeah. and where it's like oh happy hey, let it slide let that we all know that that goes on but if there's if there's one thing i knew he was gonna get that. yeah that uh, there's a couple of things you know um that but it just erodes everything is favoritism you, you know what i mean like hey you show favoritism because again back to a leader is human uh, and I'm just speaking for myself. There's some people on my team, let's say, that I really 
enjoy being with because our personality is aligned and you know that kind of what that then there's other people on my team that maybe i don't really like that much um and respect and respect i mean but every let's say everybody's doing their job you know i mean so if i were to give the person that i like a pass over the person that i didn't like when they made a mistake because everybody makes mistakes um that erodes everything i am as a leader for me, I mean, there's a bunch of things, but if I had to pick one thing, and we never thought of asking this question, it's like, hey, we brought up, hey, what's the one thing that makes a good one? It's like, hey, what's the one thing that takes all that work away? You know, and for me, and what I've seen in myself and uh, in corporations and everything is favoritism. As soon as I show a person favoritism, it erodes everything else, you know what I mean? Because then it becomes a good old boy club. And, uh, and I think I can tie easily the emotional lack of emotional vulnerability into that because I'm showing you, you would be showing favoritism because you lack the moral courage to make yourself vulnerable in a moment to feel the pain of like, hey, no, you're getting hammered on this. Yeah, man. You're my buddy. And you're getting and it hurts me. It. You know, and it back sucks. to the kids, this hurts me worse than you. Hurts you. you don't even, yeah, whether you say it or not, it happens. It's like I what people do out there is they avoid that momentary pain and yet yeah. the suffering that comes afterwards yeah. is going to happen because people know it's always hilarious to me it's like no one's going to know yeah especially out here man it, it, this is social media everything spreads at the speed of freaking boom snapchat yeah. so everyone's going to know and mm -hmm. the favoritism piece is is absolutely a way to bring toxicity into any organization any culture any, any culture Absolutely, because everyone knows, mm -hmm. and it, and you it, you can recover from it, right? Mm -hmm. You just got to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so favoritism, absolutely horrible. If you and if you're unable to be emotionally vulnerable, and the old saying is, "Never mistake my kindness for a weakness," mm -hmm. right? Because me being kind here, me being empathetic here, does not mean that I'm going to be weak. Let you slide. Whenever it's it's time to do what I am here to do, and that's the other thing about leadership. I've seen is like everyone is waiting for you to do your job. Everyone is waiting for you to do the one thing that only you can do. Because mm -hmm. if they could do it, they would. If yeah. they could hire the person that is needed, that's needed in headcount, that's crushing them, they would. Yeah. If they could fire the toxic person that you, that potentially you've been letting slide, they would. So that's where to me it's like, hey, leaders can make and do things that only they can do. And mindset around that, like you said, Tom, as we move up in ranks, wherever it is, I have a new set of decisions that I am empowered to make. And this, you know, just because I, I remember whenever I took over the troop and I went from being a team leader to a troop sergeant major, yeah. um, within a few months, I implemented a new policy or a new something. And all of my guys were like, Scotty, there's no fucking way you would have agreed with this when you were a team leader. Like yeah. you wouldn't have. Yeah. Like, this is bullshit. And I was like, you're right. Yeah. 100%. As a team leader, I can see why you would push back on me. And, yeah. and six months ago, I would have pushed back. Yeah, as a troop sergeant major, I have a job to do, which is to take care yeah. of the troop. And now, on this side, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Thanks. Right? And that, yeah, and what came up when you were talking to that is another lesson learned for me early on. It was uh, whenever I was kind of confusing who I am personally, say outside of the military, 
in what my job description was and a buddy of mine John he's like uh because I was kind of melding the two you know I mean it was getting a little bit confusing for me and um and he told me he's like hey man the army doesn't pay you to be Tom the army pays you to be Sergeant Spooner you know what I mean so that meant that I had to do what you just said like there's this is this job description that I have to fill um, it doesn't mean I'm compromising any of my integrity right. of who I am. Obviously, I bring everything that I am, but there's certain things, certain kindnesses, certain decisions that I would make on the personal side that I wouldn't make, you know, I mean, in the military side. And that carried over just like to whatever position I am as a as a worker without leaders like hey, I have a job description. That's what I get paid for. <laughs> you know, they I have fill this job description. They pay me to do this. If I'm not fulfilling the job description, then I'm going to get hammered. If I am doing above it, then hey, I'm looking at a promotion maybe, you know. So just trying to take so much of the emotion out of it, which is super hard to do, and just align it correctly. But it was, it just came up for me whenever you were talking as far as another big kind of lesson learned as far as like, hey, I'm, I have to fulfill the position that I'm in. No matter if I'm comfortable or uncomfortable. That's right. Just no like you like said, it. as a team leader, like... You're absolutely right. Like, but now that I'm in this position and seeing it from this angle, you know, this is what I, and here's the why. And here's the why. And, you know and that's I mean? the key. And if people aren't okay with that, well, then I got to be, I be, I got to be, and okay you got to be okay with them not being okay. Eating lunch alone. So yeah. I ate lunch alone for a couple of weeks. And over time, if my decision was right, by the way, what I implemented, it'd be like, wow, hey, Scotty, sorry, I bitched at you at work. Yeah. Or the good thing is about that good high performance environment. A few weeks later, they're like, hey, what you implemented is killing us. And they would tell me why. And potentially I could reverse it. Yeah. And at the day, I'd own that as well. Yeah. Um, one of the last things I definitely wanted to talk about when we talk about, hey, what are the key characteristics or traits that you look for? And it was that they care. For me, it was decisive. And then the flip side of that, uh, of that coin you said was favoritism, mm-hmm. right, is bring dis- brings absolute toxicity to the team. And I would say for me, if you would ask me, it's, it's lack of integrity um, around just keeping one's word. The, the, the worst thing that I've seen um, erode, especially more so in the private sector than in the military, this happens way more in the private sector, is lack of integrity around simply keeping your word, doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, maintaining that. Because the moment, and this happens with people in leadership positions, it's very common, it's uh, they're saying yes. You're saying yes to this. Yes, I'll show up at, at the party. Yes, I'll show up at your wedding. Yeah, we should go hang out sometime. Oh, we should take the girls and go out. We should do this, right? And these people that you lead put those little nuggets like, oh, wow, that'd be great. Yeah. And then it comes and goes, and most people will give you a buy. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, yeah, well, I know you're busy. I know you're busy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, I know you're busy, and at the end of the day, I can't trust you to do what, this, what you say you're going to do. Yeah. That's what it turns into. And if you lack in, you know, level of trust affects everything, yeah. right? Covey's son wrote the book Speed of Trust, which I'll give him credit here in that he said when trust is high, speed of decisions are fast, costs are down, profits are up. Yeah. Trust is low, speed of decisions is slow, profit, uh, costs are up, profits are down. Yeah. So that level of trust found in the organization isn't directly correlates to the level of integrity found in the leadership. The Absolutely. Leadership within it, right? And their ability 
to follow through on what they say they're going to do on the big things and the little things. It's, it's the little things that, that actually end up eroding things away to the point of now you've done this, you've skipped out on lunch with me three times, you told me we were going to set a call, you told me you're going to come to my kid's birthday, my wedding, whatever. And at the end of the day, now whenever you talk, I hear want, 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 want. And generally speaking, I'm not going to come tell you that because I don't have the courage because at the end of the day, potentially you like to fucking intimidate right? Uh, because you, you have insecurities and whatnot. So it, it's just, it, it, the root of it all is lack of integrity. And it's not always just about keeping one's word. And I was taught this about, it's about honoring one's word. It's that if I can't do what I said I was going to do, I come to you immediately. And right. Clean it up. And I let, I let you know, I can't follow through. What can I do to clean up the mess? Right. And so this actually gives us a quick dovetail into a strong close in that, People of integrity are personally accountable. Mm -hmm. People hold themselves to account through the process of honoring their word, admitting their faults, asking what they can do to make it right and being sincere. Yeah. So if someone says, hey, to make this right, you need to do X. Well, now you know what the fuck you got to do to get it back. Yeah. Right. And, and, the, and the irony is, is I gain more risk. You will gain more respect from the world through quickly admitting when you're fucked up from the person you admit it to. They're like, wow, isn't that refreshing? Because in a world where people say yes and don't follow through, to have someone that screwed up actually come clean up their mess makes me like and trust you even more yeah. through the admission of a mistake. And that's that emotional vulnerability playing in right there. I have to be vulnerable in that moment of going, Tom, I let you down. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable in that moment of so-and-so, I let you down. And I want to make it right. And in the future, I don't want this to happen anymore. Right. Right. Care about people, make good, strong decisions, honor and or keep your word at all times. I think that's three key, three key takeaways, Absolutely. you know, in and around leadership and also remembering that leadership occurs everywhere in the home, with your friends, with your family, at work. It's constant. It has to be adapted. The tools you use one place and or the tools you use for one person, don't expect them to work in the other place or with the other person. And so on behalf of Tom, Nate and myself, we are super happy that you continue to listen, continue to follow, like, and share. Uh, we just went over 30,000 downloads the other day. Super stoked yeah. about that. Um, always remembering the intent of this show is to facilitate the creation of more powerful humans through sharing experience-based wisdom that comes from these three dudes right here. We don't have anything to sell. We just got beliefs to share. Hopefully you picked up something today that's worthwhile. If so, talk about it, tell them about it, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.